Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says the following. It's a great verse. We have this, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. I hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Backstage. How many of us have not wanted to be backstage, right? Usually, those of us that were lucky, you have to get a VIP pass. You have to know the artist. You have to know the band. You have to know something about them. And when you go into the backstage, you finally see, cool, they're eating all this amazing food. And they're kind of weird and quirky a little bit, not like they are on stage. And we've, some of us maybe have experienced that, right? No shame if you did. It's all good. This is something similar, but so much greater that you and I get to experience backstage. We get to be with God. We don't have to be behind in front of the curtain, we can be behind the curtain. We can see behind the scenes. We enter the presence of God. And that's why you and I have hope. This, this curtain that was veiled to so many people, the Bible says, I hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Enter the in, inner place behind the curtain. And so when the high priest in the Old Testament, on the Day of Atonement, entered the Holy of Holies, the people would just wait outside. They wanted to see what would happen. But when Jesus enters the heavenly temple, when he goes to heaven, when he ascends after his death, he does not return. Instead, he opens the curtain, exposes the Holy of Holies, which is himself, and says, follow me, be with me. You don't need to wish more. You don't need to hope more that somewhere out there, there will be a Savior. I am he. I came to save you. I came to bring you hope. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. I came to go on the cross, to be born in the manger, and to live a life, and to give you alive. This is the, the magic or the hope of, of Christmas, that we get Jesus, the, the greatest gift that, that could ever possibly exist. And this is why the Bible says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. We don't tangibly see Jesus, but we know He's there. We have faith in that, and faith produces hope. And so the more you feed your faith, the more you believe in God, the more you believe in the promises of Jesus, the more your hope becomes stronger, the more unwavering it is, the more your anchor is so securely fastened in who Christ is and who you are that you are able to withstand any situation you go through in life. Because you know what your ultimate hope is. Hang on to hope. Hang on to hope. Hang on to hope. And the last thing I wanted to say is this. Because we're confident we can hang on to hope, because He makes all things new, it's the new way, the way, and the third is because God is near to you. God is near to you. This is what the text reads in verse 22 and on. It says, Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. One of the greatest um, psalms that I, can, that I know of is Psalm 73, 28. Here's what it says. But for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of your works. The Bible also says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Why do we have hope? Why do we hang on to hope? Because God is near to you. But here's the little bit of a problem that you would experience and that I experience. 
We want all of God. We want all of God's presence. We want to enter the Holy of Holies without putting any work into it. And just like in life, you're not going to experience an amazing relationship with another person unless you put a lot of work into it. The same thing is with God. With God, with Jesus, it is a relational aspect. It is a thing where we need to put work and effort into that. Here's the way I look at it. Two types of way to do Christianity. You have um, microwave Christianity and you have crockpot Christianity. Let me explain. Microwave Christianity is quick, it's fast, right? It's bite-sized YouTube, Instagram generation. We want all of God, we want a holy of holies, we want to just experience this like sitting wherever we are at doing devotion, we just want, you know, the smoke to just fill the room and we're like, oh, we're in the holy of holies, God's presence. And when we don't experience that, we're thinking, why is that? Because we don't put enough work into it. Microwave Christianity is simply putting a verse in there, click and start, 59 seconds is over, and you're like, cool, I'm going to love everybody now, it's going to be very easy. First person that annoys you, you just go off at them, and you're like, man, what happened? What does a crock pot do? Recently, my wife bought this amazing crock pot, I absolutely love it, delicious stuff comes out of it. But, there's, it's, it's a very specific thing. If you know what crock pots are, things simmer in there. And they take very long time. It takes, I'm not sure how long, but it takes a heck of a lot more than a microwave. Look at Christianity like a crock pot, okay? And I know you're going to remember this. You're going to be like, man, Bogdan was just preaching about crock pots and I got really hungry. Good. Hung, hunger for God. That's what we're talking about. God, Jesus said I'm the bread of life, okay? So I'm being biblical here. So the crockpot takes a long time to simmer and to saturate. And sometimes we can get even impatient with that. But we need to understand that it's going to take a process. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take some work. The point is this. If you want a thriving, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, you're going to put, have to put in the effort in order for that to happen. Show me any marriage that is absolutely amazing and things are going great and both spouses love each other and I'll show you hundreds or even thousands of hours invested into that relationship. Show me any friendships. Show me any friendship that lasted the test of time, that stood the test of time, not just for 10 years, 20, 30 years. And behind that, I will show you an investment that was made, sacrifices that were made, time that was invested. Things that were done for the sacrifice of the other person. Very often you'll have to do things that you might not think are the best for you, but ultimately they are because you're spending time with God. So we cannot expect our microwave devotions to produce a holy of holies filled with smoke in the presence of God. And I'll be the first one to admit that I'm totally guilty of wanting that. But when we're talking about the Holy of Holies, when we're talking about how the psalmist says, For me it is good to be near God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. We are not going to be able to tell what God is all about unless we spend time with God. Are you guys with me? 
We're not going to be able to be in the presence of God if we're not in the presence of God. So that means we must seek it out even aggressively. We must pursue it. We must say no to many things in order to say yes to be with God, to experience a moment of holy of holies, to experience a moment when we say, God, I experienced you right now. This is something that I've never experienced before. It's going to take some work. It's going to take effort on our part. And a lot of people say, you know, I just don't have much in life to be thankful for. I'm not sure how God is working in my life. The reason you think God is not working in your life is because you don't notice how God is working in your life. When you start to really look at God, when you start to draw near to God, when you start to really think about your life, how good is God? You won't run out of things to thank Him for. And I can promise you, I can give you a diagnosis right now to cure many, many problems or conflicts or anxieties or frustrations in your life. The cure for that is just more time with God. More time with God cures many ills. How many of you guys have felt much better after you've talked to a friend about a problem you've been experiencing? How much more will you experience the presence of God when you talk to God about what you're experiencing? And so I want to challenge us today, amidst the busyness of the season, to hang on to hope. But in order for us to hang on to hope, we need to make time to accomplish that. And hope is born of faith. And so God's ways are more admired when they are known. When you're friends with somebody for a very long time, you begin to like all of their quirks and idiosyncrasies. They, be, they become to you not annoyances, but something that's pleasant. And think about God. He, Jesus Christ is the perfect friend. He's the perfect friend of sinners. He knows everything about you, and yet he still loves you. He knows you at your lowest point, and he doesn't make you feel like you're at your lowest point. And not only that, but Jesus is our high priest who opens up the curtain where no one else could go into before. And he says, look, go behind the scenes with me. I will give you a VIP pass, which is my death for you on the cross. And you can experience life and life abundantly with me. All I want you to do is put the effort into drawing near to me and I will draw near to you. That's what our God does. And he invites us to commune with him. In fact, God is so adamant in spending time with us that God sends his son Jesus, who is God in the flesh, to earth to spend time with us, to commune with us. The, the Bible says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so a lot of times people think, well, if I'm not on fire for God or if I'm not experiencing this hunger and thirst for God, does that mean there's something wrong with me? Not necessarily, because a lot of people in the Old Testament experienced a, a desert in, in seeking God. But here's the thing. You must never stop at putting effort into drawing near to God. And our desire to draw near to God is not the maintaining of our salvation, but the evidence of it. The reason that you even have moments when you think you need to draw near to God, you need to spend time with Him, you need to be filled with His presence, it's not because you're hoping to get saved, it's because you already are saved and you're drawing near again to the Savior that ultimately saved you. And so if we think about a life and everything that is worth doing is worth doing well, and we think we put effort into you know, our work, our career, um, maybe exercise or eating right or, or playing an instrument or singing or speaking, it's the same thing with being in the presence of God. We need to put effort into that. And sometimes it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard, but we plow through that because at the end, we know we're going to experience the Holy of Holies.
Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.